0: Good evening Spurs people, although I do know that this Steve Perman podcast has some manulated followers, as much earlier on I decided to highlight my respect for the very special talent that is George Best. I managed to talk about him for between 30 and 40 minutes after being given the idea of describing my thoughts in combat with him relating to a photograph that happens to be one of the very few, if not only, photograph that made both my books when looking back at my career. The first book uh, I called A Man for All Seasons at almost the end of my playing career, so very Spurs biased. And then the latest one being a Spur Forever at the time of full retirement and reflection on a 50-plus year football career, Uh, by which time you've worked it all out in your head about events, people that helped or hindered you along the long and winding path of football experiences. Also from a Manchester United viewpoint, I explained my utmost respect for Sir Bobby Charlton and his wife Norma, who I met in the British Embassy in Tokyo (laughs) on their visit to help support the Japan-Korea World Cup bid for 2002. And then soon after having returned to England at a third round FA Cup tie Old Trafford with Exeter City, where we managed to get a nil-nil draw and therefore a replay, gaining the club over one million pounds and saving the club, Exeter, and helping them to recover and regain most of, of its credibility. So it was great to uh, and a delight to spend some time in their company. Dennis Law was another player who I had great respect for over the years. met him um, when he did some sporting dinners at Yedden FC for my brother Bill in his capacity as commercial manager. He proved to be an exceptional talker. and put forward many interesting stories of his time spent with the previous two legends that I spoke about already. Anybody wanting a copy of my George Best podcast? Actually, that's my favourite one. And you're having difficulty accessing it, please send your email requesting such to Steve Perryman Public at gmail.com and I'll sort it for you. As I said, because it's one of my favourites, and I'm right, rightly proud of it. Sorry, I should have mentioned earlier. Um, Howard is with us tonight. No, Tom. Um, so apologize, apologies to you, Howard. And no any, anything interesting happened in the last week that we should hear about?
1: Um. I well, don't know.
0: Well, that ranks with me falling out of bed while dreaming. I suppose you haven't got something so
1: can't, can't quite compete with
0: that at the moment. No it's ex- no and no. that's a bit extreme, isn't it? So, um how would you give it some preparation and I think you're going to talk about a couple of very special games yep. between Spurs and Manchester United of course one home and one away in the mid 60s. Correct. Off you go, please.
1: The year was 1965. The dates were the 16th of October and the 18th of December. These were two games, both between Manchester United and Tottenham Hotspur. These were clearly two of the best teams in the then first division. The first game was at White Hart Lane. No one could have expected the whirlwind pace that Spurs started with. With Jimmy Greaves dropping a little deeper, the United centre-halves had no idea how to handle our attackers. First up was Gilzean, making it 1-0. Greaves then passed a delicious ball through their defence to the young Neil Johnson, who slipped the ball past their keeper, Pat Dunn, 2-0. Greaves was not going to miss out on the fun. Mackay played a ball straight down the middle to Jimmy. With his back to goal as he received the ball in United's half, he turned perfectly and tore through their defence once more before rounding the keeper and slotting the ball home. What a
0: goal. What a goal.
1: This goal is always featured in programmes about this era or about Jimmy's goals, and is usually chosen as the number one. Yeah. For me personally, the goal he scored at home against Leicester in October 68 was the best, followed by the game at Old Trafford as above, and third choice was against Newcastle after a pass from Mr Spurs himself, Steve Berryman.
0: Ha <laughs> ha! Delicious, three... you mean tasty, Howard. Yes. <laughs> That'll do. Yeah.
1: In all three of these goals, Jimmy raced past defenders and passed into an empty net. Marvellous. Back to the first game. Clayton and Robertson each scored. Clayton was the first of many players who came in to replace players of the double team. A thankless and impossible task. Some had bad injuries. Blancheflower retired. And worst of all, the tragedy of John White, the brilliant player who Bill Nick was going to build a new team around, was struck by lightning and killed. Yeah. Anyway, United fielded their own attacking superstars, best law and Charlton, but it made no difference. Charlton got a consolation and we we won 5-1, which was a fair reflection of the game. Just a couple of months later, on 18th of December, was the return league. It was only a few months later, but during that period, we had lost Jimmy Greaves to hepatitis, which would keep him out of action for months. Add to that, Morris Norman, our centre-half, had his knee smashed whilst playing in a friendly, an injury from which he never recovered. I never want for us to seem like victims, but with everything that happened to us by the time we reached the return leg, it wasn't a surprise when we lost 5-1, the exact reverse scorers earlier in the season. I'm sure we can all live without knowing who scored in that game, so the similarities this weekend are obvious. I'm, afraid it, I'm assured it couldn't happen again, could it? My grandchildren, confirm, no worries. Come on, you spurs.
0: Well done, Howard. So, thankfully, uh, I'm now out of therapy after my accident out of bed.
1: Mm -hmm. Uh,
0: I've been told by messages from some of you, so thank you very much, um, that it could be linked in some way to Ozzy's dream which we all know nearly turned into a nightmare back in 1981. Uh, and a game that means so much to us all other messages received from listeners. Um, another one said it was probably Graham Suness who was responsible for kicking me from behind in my daydream leading to me hitting my head and um, having done a backflip onto the carpet, which I couldn't even have attempted in normal circumstances. So thank you for that, Howard. I am going to... um, They were heady days that you were talking about with Tottenham Hotspur and Man United. I'm going to talk about not such a great season for us, actually the relegation season. And it was on September the 4th, 1976, away at uh, Old Trafford, uh, we just won a League Cup tie um, at Middlesbrough. There were 60,000 people inside Old Trafford and the ground was bathed in sunshine. Um, Ian Moores made his debut, league debut, um, but did play and score in the previous game. At Middlesbrough, So not a bad start for him then. So Barry Danes filled in for the injured Pat Jennings. Um, and good job that Barry was on his game because, wow, were we under pressure. They had a very attack-minded team uh, with two wingers in Steve Koppel and Gordon Hill. And with the likes of those two in the team, and we weren't in the best of form despite that Middlesbrough result, there was wave after wave of attack, um, all fired on by a big, noisy, vociferous crowd. First goal was scored. um, No big surprise there because of the pressure. Steve Koppel... Scored almost a replica in the same part of the ground, same end as where Aussie scored his famous goal to win the FA Cup replay some years later. He came inside, bent it in the top corner. This team, by the way, was led by Tommy Doherty. Pearson got the second goal. Uh, Again, the pressure paying off and... I have to be honest, we were in disarray. We were second all over the field, as happens in such games. And sometimes the harder you try and put it right, the more you sell yourself, you you make bad decisions. And the, the commentator said on the piece of film that I watched that I passed the fitness test to play. But I was looking like I shouldn't have. Barry Dane saved us, saved the game from being out of sight with three last-ditch saves. Um, interestingly, um, the television cameras showed the fencing around the ground uh, and mentioned about more problems um, with regard to the English teams involved in Europe. So I think Man United were about to play the following week in such a European game. So there was only one winner as we trudged off at half-time. But then the second half started and I think we had a break and John Motson did say, you know, this game's not quite over despite Man United's dominance. The game's... Not over. There, there, there still could be a surprise here. Well done, John. So, in a fifty-six-minute goal from a corner taken by Ralph Coates, I think there was a bit of a mix-up between various defenders. Ended up being kicked off, maybe the line, but uh, the referee decided to give a goal. Uh, and that corner was was given to us after a really good Jimmy Neighbour break. Barry Dane's still doing his stuff, Um, and I checked it out. He he actually played 19 games that season, so it it wasn't quite a one-off for him to replace Pat on that day, but good job he did. Um, Again, hot hot day. Um, Then, surprisingly, we made it 2-2, another break after pressure, Jimmy Neighbour Cross for Ian Moores to volley home on the hour. So, 2-2, looked like we got back in it, but of course the crowd are now driving Man United on. And sometimes, as great as a crowd can be for you, when you're winning, when it's your day, when everyone's enjoying themselves, all of a sudden, it can quite... So- Sort of go against you when you've gone from 2-0 up to 2-2. Two, two, two. Keith Birkinshaw, our manager, made a substitution. Uh, John Pratt on for Ralph Coates. Passing move, John had one go at the volley, came back to him, volleyed it again with his left foot, top corner, and we won 3-2. So, fantastic result totally unexpected when we say about games are a game of two halves, this was it we could have been four five, six down at least at half time but the fact we weren't and we didn't, they didn't kill us off with a third goal mostly down to, to Barry Danes's ability in goal so uh, yeah so that's that's one defeat and one win you gave, Howard. One win that I'm giving. So we're slightly biased in Spurs' favour. Um,
1: I remember that game you talk about very clearly. Um, we'd had some personal tragedies, which ended up with my brother saying, oh, I've got a place you can go and stay in for a week because I think you, you, know, you need to get away, which we did. And I remember sitting in the, on the porch of this villa in Spain and I, the only information I get about the match was radio interfered stuff, and I kept. So I went one down, two down. I'm thinking it's a disaster. Yeah. Next time I can get any, anything on the radio it's two one, then it's two, or then it's three two. And I allowed myself to believe for a moment that that would be the kick off point from us to go forward in, yeah. in the game, and we never did because we weren't good enough.
0: Yeah, we won hmm. the next game against Leeds at home, so yes. I think that was probably off the back of the confidence that we gained by being two goals down at the, you know, that they were free flowing Man United. They were, they were red hot at the time. So to beat a team like that, come back from two nil down was, was, was quite a feat. And, um, but as you said, Howard, it didn't last. and, And we certainly weren't good enough by any means. And, and nobody could say, not even the most biased Spurs people, that, that uh that relegation was unlucky or, or or whatever, because it wasn't quite, you put it succinctly, we we just weren't good enough. Uh, and sometimes a club has to has to reach the depths and you know for Tottenham Hotspur to go down and be relegated into the, then division two. You know, maybe changes people's, the decision makers, be it the board, be it the chairman, be it the manager, be it the captain. Maybe we all then take a, a real good look at ourselves and, and decide that something has to change. And, and of course it did with regard to our second division campaign and um, eventual promotion. And, and then we go on to, to better stuff. So, um, just a little note of what's happening, happened this week so far. Um, I read on Facebook today that Terry Naylor's is going to have a book out in August. Um, I think it's been written by a couple of friends of his. And they were taking pre-orders uh, for the August launch. So, I'll try and get Terry on one day to, to talk to us and maybe sing us a song. Um, I was asked actually uh, through my brother to 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 write a message about Terry. Uh, So I did. And um, basically saying this was a very, very funny character. He was extremely competitive in training. If um, he didn't want to lose a fighter side, he didn't want to finish second in a race. He didn't want to lose a tackle. And um, when you met Terry Naylor, you stayed met. He was a great, funny character, but most of all, he could play. He could play and uh, was a, a, a good athlete, getting down that right uh, right flank from right back, and and um, he was he was one of the major players for us in that. Uh, promotion season that we were we were just talking about so good luck with the with the book Terry and uh, as I say we'll, we'll have him on if anyone is interested in, in getting it um, also made contact with Gary Stevens um, I also I've invited him on to the podcast right. Gary's good friend of ours Howard isn't
1: he yeah I
0: spoke to him last week yeah so he's living in Thailand um, that's for the <laughs> for the listeners out, not for you. Um, and sounds like he's living the life of Riley <laughs> when he's not when he's not involved in the um, soccer schools and and clinics that he does. He spends a lot of time on the golf course. And um, well done him, very yeah. very well done him. So um, I started to get a bit deep in my message about what I think of the state of the game at the moment and um, yeah I think that uh, Gary would be very interesting to come on and and, uh, and talk to so any thoughts on this Man United game this weekend Howard have you got uh, have you got a feeling for it feelings aren't good for
1: it <laughs> the fact is the fact that we beat them 6-1 early in the season And we've gone backwards since then, and they've gone forwards since then. Yeah. And uh, I just just don't know. I mean, last week we should have beaten Newcastle, but we weren't good enough. Yeah. The defence seemed to have, most of them seemed to be just been introduced to each other. There was no coordination. There was no. Sure. um, And if we play like, say, if we play like that, because we tend to play better against the better sides.
0: Yeah. So we could do something. Yeah, sometimes a defense, and it almost felt like this against Aston Villa, needs a goal in front to be able to hang on to something. Um, but it didn't quite work out like that, did it? Mm. It, it was, um, yeah, of course, we went a goal down, but then we eventually get 2 1 up. And there is something to to give you that extra impetus to to defend your goal, to recover to your goal and and make sure that, you know, nobody gets a free kick at a ball or, you know, we, we've been through the scenario so far this season many times, Howard, haven't we? Conceding yeah. free kicks in the wrong part of the field and eventually it comes in your box and et cetera. So, yeah, big, big shame that one. But I think... I think when you play the big teams your big players step up and um, and yet we know that of course the team is is terrific at times going forward and it's at the back that um, we might get found out so um, anyway let's hope for the best Um, let's uh, not, not fingers crossed it's not quite that game is it but um, hopefully we can perform well and give a good account of ourselves and and show what this Tottenham Oxford team are made of so thank you Howard I don't think sure. we've missed Tom at all do you <laughs> we'll
1: um, see how the, how the finished version ends up
0: Tom when you're listening we haven't missed you by any means I'm sure the, the listeners have but for your dulcet tones But, um, yeah, thanks for listening, and uh, we'll speak to you next week. And come on, you Spurs!